1: hey degens it is friday april 14th ray's watch continues on dan snyder gets rewarded for his good behavior but most importantly sex panther has returned from vegas i'm mad max and after four days alone i can finally say i am once again joined by the one and only sex panther panther
2: welcome back oh good you know believe it or not good to be back uh good job holding down the fort we even hit a parlay while i was gone it was I think I was sending you pics at the oddest of times uh, when I was sending them, but I always made sure I got them in before you did the show, but um, yeah, my God, the weather was great, my daughter was, you know, just looking over, you know, you're a dad, just uh, watching your kids smile and have a good time, so really enjoyed my visit to Vegas, Uh, still got a few days off now before I have to go back to work Monday, but um, yeah, really, really solid trip, Uh, as I was telling you, pre-show. Even though my car was delivered last week, yesterday was the actual day I finally got to pick it up and drive it. So uh, I actually took sex kitten out to dinner last night, took the vet out, and um, yeah, so I'm, I'm having a pretty darn good week.
1: Oh, that's awesome, man. Was that was that the first time you took your daughter to Vegas?
2: No, it was a second time. I took her when she was about 10. And um, we went over Christmas break and she felt robbed. Like, I, I kept telling her how beautiful Vegas was, how warm it is. And we went out there and there was snow flurries and, you know, it was cold and she's in pants and a hoodie every day. So I asked her what she wanted to do this year for spring break and she said uh, she wanted to try Vegas again. And we went out there and a couple of the days we touched the 90s. Um, Wednesday was a little windy, so we got denied our zip line. We were going to do the zip line there at the link on the strip, but... Other than that, you know, last event before we headed out, we got to see Katy Perry and um, she, I mean, just sitting there watching her take photos and videos and smile for, you know, over two hours. That's all you want as a parent, right?
1: Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, no, that that's really cool. Um, you know, that's kind of your home away from home is Las Vegas. And
2: over 20 times
1: yeah really it's it's insane so uh really cool that you get to you know bring your kids there i think last time you went with uh, one of your sons right
2: yep went in february with my oldest son and uh, then, i'm telling you I, it was no joke i'm telling you right now this trip was way cheaper with my daughter Basically not gambling. I did gamble a little, end up losing $200 <laughs> than it was when I went with my son, which was basically a gambling trip, But I think I, I was out about $800, so it was actually it was actually cheaper not to gamble.
1: That's so funny. It's like, I'm going to take my kid, I'm going to take my kid to Katy Perry, I'm going to do all this fucking kid stuff, and I'll still save fucking money compared to taking <laughs> my degenerate son with me. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so I, I guess, I don't know, you've quasi been paying attention to sports, I guess. Did you see what's going on with the Tampa Bay Rays?
2: Well, you know, before I went on my, my my vacation, I had made the comment they're getting they were getting fat off of a incredible schedule that Major League Baseball had put together for them. But when you look at their run differential, their home run differential, and the elite pitching, um, that I mean, listen, how do you sit here and say this team's not for real? They're playing better competition. They're not playing the Oakland's and the Detroit's anymore. Um, and you know, now they're gonna start a series against Toronto, so that this should be a really good test for them. Um, but yeah, this this Tampa Bay team they're gonna lose, right? They're not going 162 and oh, but wow, the one of they're they're quite of the Orleans, right? The pitching's been elite for many, many years. We've talked about Tampa Bay's pitching, but the hitting hasn't quite been there. The kind of run support that this team is putting up right now—you um, know—I think we went in the season saying the Astros were the team to beat. Well, they come out of the gate really, really sluggish. Their pitching's been mediocre. Their hitting's been even less than mediocre. Um, man, how do you find me a line? Give me Tampa Bay to win the pennant because I think this team is way better than we gave them credit for in preseason.
1: Yeah, a couple points here. One, I mean, they've had an incredibly easy strength of schedule. The Red Sox were the first challenge, and the Red Sox we wouldn't call an elite team. Now they're going to hit a tougher stretch of games. I believe they've got Toronto, Cleveland, Houston, and the Yankees. So there's (laughs) bound to be some drop-off from this team over the next week or so. But I think you hit the nail on the head. Their offense, especially their home runs, have been... A huge surprise to start this year and I wonder you know the Rays have always been a very ahead of their time team right they're the ones that dabbled with the opener before anyone they they mess with small ball like they're always an innovative team and my take on them right now other than the easy strength of schedule is that they've really leaned into the faster pace of play that they've leaned into the fact that these games are going quicker that there's a pitch clock, that pitchers are going to be pressured to throw certain pitches. And I think their analytics team is just jumped ahead, as usual, a lot of the other teams, where I think they're predicting now better uh, pitch selection based off of the pitch clock now, knowing that that pitchers need to speed things up. I, I think that they've got some really good metrics that are helping them determine when to really go for the fences and when not to. So interesting team. We'll see how that plays out. They're the favorites tonight against Toronto. We'll get to Major League Baseball later. You said you got seven fucking picks, so we'll see if we we'll touch one. games
2: game. I love today.
1: Yeah. Uh, next story up for me I want to talk about, if you guys saw yesterday, the news broke that the Washington Commanders, very close to being sold, it's going to be a group led by Josh Harris and Magic Johnson. Harris, of course, owns the Devils. He owns the 76ers. So this would be his third sports franchise. Uh, price tag, $6 billion dollars dan snyder bought this team back in 1999 for 800 million that's one hell of a profit panther what are your thoughts on this sale
2: um i think one it's a relief for everybody in the nfl just to get this dan snyder fiasco put behind them uh two getting an owner that is you know experienced and one two willing to spend money um, to try and put a winning product out there. You know, sometimes you get a lot of owners who just want to own and you know, count the gate receipts and really aren't trying to win. But, um, you know, this guy, Harris, is really does try to put together a championship-caliber teams. Uh, really kind of confused, I guess, a little bit, why Magic Johnson has anything to do with this, why you would come all the way from L.A. over to, you know, the East Coast and, and want to jump on board. But... Um, having Magic, I don't think, is a bad thing by any stretch. I don't know what kind of actual involvement he's going to have, but it will be interesting now to see how Harris puts his, you know, stamp on this team. Now, I think you and I would agree, the um, Riverboat Ron watch <laughs> is officially, he's officially on the clock because I don't believe his uh, his window is very large. He's He's going to have to put something together really fast to keep his position. Um, so I think it's for the best for the, the fans, the franchise, and for the NFL. And the further they can get away from Dan Snyder and not have to bring up his name anymore um, will probably be for the best for everybody as well. So uh, the other thing is, too, if I'm an owner of an NFL team and I'm seeing this sale... I mean, God, you, just, you almost got to consider, well, maybe I want to sell my team. Six billion dollars? Are you kidding me? these It's an absolute cash cow that these major league sports franchises are sitting on. It's just unbelievable the kind of numbers they get from when they bought them. I remember, you know, I've watched the videos where Mark Cuban talked about buying uh, the Mavs for like $285 million, whenever that was, back in 99, I think, and... You know, now he he estimates his team's you know four and a half billion dollars. I mean, the the numbers that they're getting for these franchises is incredible. So it'll be interesting to see the next franchise, whether it's an expansion team or uh, somebody sells. But these numbers for these teams, I, I just can't believe that this large right now.
1: Yeah, I think that that's one of my takeaways is the fact that the Denver Broncos sold for four billion. The Washington Commanders just sold for six billion. Now you'd say that the Washington Commanders. Uh, Redskins football club whatever you want to call them a more storied franchise in the history of the NFL probably not within the last 30 years you'd probably put the Denver Broncos they've won three championships in the last you know 30 years you'd put them as a winning team above uh, Washington but I'd say you know a very storied franchise so in the uh, D.C. metropolitan area you know there's money there uh, lots of money Sometimes a uh, illegal money, backdoor money, but a money, yeah. there, there, there's a lot, a lot of money in that area. Uh, you know, probably a, I'd say probably a bigger market than than Denver is for sure. So really, I, I you know, I can't be surprised that it, they the team sold more than Denver. But yeah, it's it's setting a bar. It's it's almost like the Deshaun Watson of fucking uh, you know selling a team now. It's like well, you know, six mil, six billion is the fucking uh, bar. You know, when when the Clippers were forced to sell in a very similar situation right where where their owner was a little eh, <laughs> questionable per se um they sold for 2 billion and now i think they're they're estimating that the clippers could be worth you know five billion, six billion. 6 so, billion so i mean in a short period of time these teams are just Booming with with money. So, let's get to the Magic Johnson thing. I think the positive about Magic Johnson being in involved here is it's now a minority owner. Like you you've added some diversity into the ownership group. That's something that's been highly critical of the NFL. Is that the lack of minority ownership? So now you got Magic Johnson in there. I think he's a guy that players would want to play for. Right? You can you can get behind. It's like holy shit! I'm going to play for Magic Johnson and you know, get get that perception of. Now he. It, his name might be long gone from, you know, the, the younger generation. I was like, who the fuck is Magic Johnson? But, you know, again, ha- having a uh, distinguished black uh, owner involved, I think in a league that is heavily, heavily, uh, what is it? I don't know, 70% black players? I, I mean, it's 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 an incredible amount of, of black players in, in, in this league. I think it, it helps from a recruitment standpoint. I think it helps uh, wash away the, the bad you know mojo <laughs> from from uh Dan Snyder's stink on this team. So I think that's why it's important that you know someone like he he was involved in in being part of this ownership group and for him, he's he's an investor. He's a money guy, right? He he's looking to to make some money. He's seeing a, as a way it's like, well, it's 6 billion dollars today. Shit. What's it going to be 10 years from now? What what if what if we can make this some playoffs? And and and, and I want to get into the personnel standpoint in a second. I got some questions about this uh this team's expectations going into next season, but what if they can make some noise? What if they could, Yeah, the the East has been notoriously winnable for a long time. So he's a businessman. I I, I don't question the fact that he wanted to be involved. He's been trying, he's been trying to be involved. He was just trying to be, uh, fucking buy the Broncos too. You know, he's trying to get involved in any fucking sports franchise that comes up for sale because they're cash cows. Now, my question to you, we got a quarterback. I won't say controversy, but we got a quarterback, uh, you know, comp- uh, competition, in Washington, right, you've got Heineke and you got Howell, the f- fifth round draft pick. A lot of people think that he probably was too low of a draft pick. He, you know, might might have been a little bit better. And considering that the last pick in the fucking draft last year, Brock Purdy, ended up being pretty fucking good. Maybe Howell's got something in him. Other than the quarterback situation, this is a pretty good team. You know, they've got some good defense. I think they've got some good pieces on offense. Their offensive line is is, 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 is had some issues, but it, it started uh, getting a little bit better last year. What are the expectations for this Washington team heading into this season?
2: Um i I don't know what the expectations are. I mean, when you look at the division, um, they're not better than the Eagles. They're not better than the Cowboys. I'm not really sure they're even better than the Giants. So, To sit here and say the expectations, I think the hope has to be that they try to make the playoffs. Um, You know, the the other wild card here is Biennami, and now is the offensive coordinator, coach in waiting. Nobody's talking about. um, Does he sabotage the quarterback situation to get the head coaching job? You got to get this quarterback thing right. Now, Heineke has done nothing but win. When this kid's had an opportunity to play, He's been as successful as you'd want from a backup quarterback. But Sam Howell was drafted. He had quite the career at North Carolina. And I I like the kid. I think they have to give him a chance to see if he is the future. But the sad thing is, if they give him a chance and he doesn't produce, Riverboat Ron's going to be gone. And then, you know, now you're going to have enemy come in. And do we go back to Heineke? I, I... I don't know what they're going to do, but I don't believe Rivera. Find me a line on Rivera getting canned this year because he's not going to make it through the season. I don't think this is a 500 team. Uh, I think what they all they can really do is just try and draft well, build, and try and put together a quality product over the next two or three years. I just don't see how this is their year.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I, I don't have incredibly high expectations for this Washington team. Uh, they almost made the playoffs last year, but again, the, that East was really fucking funky. I think for Ron, there's probably been a conversation already. I don't know, with with the new ownership group or, you know, uh, there's probably been conversations with his future. I don't think he wants to be a head coach for much longer. I think he was the one that probably pushed to bring Biennemi in as the the next guy up. I don't think he, you know, I, I don't know if he gets fired this year or if he steps down or whatever it is. He doesn't seem like he wants to be coaching. Uh, and, and you saw some of his body language last year. Uh, you know, he, he got quite mad at sometimes and f- he, he lost his place. It's like, oh, I didn't realize we were out of the playoffs. You know, it just seems like he's ready to go and he's, he wants to pass the baton onto someone and be is a good guy to, you know, try to see if he has what it takes to be, step out of Andy Reid's enormous shadow enormous for a couple reasons. reasons, uh, not just the Super Bowl wins. Andy Reid likes to eat, as we know. Um, so we'll see if, Bn we can make that next step. But for the commanders, yeah, listen, maybe there's some hope from the future. I just don't think it's this year. Uh, let's take a quick break. If they like you, you'll get a commercial. You might hear my voice. I've been doing some voiceover for the uh, commercial reads. So maybe you hear my voice, maybe you hear something else, or maybe you just hear one moment of silence until we get right back to you.
0: BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.
1: And we're back. We're possibly never left. Panther, the NBA playoffs or play-ins have been going on. I don't know if you've been paying attention, but uh, what are your thoughts so far and the teams that have made it and the teams that are playing tonight?
2: Yeah, I'll tell you what I'm I'm stunned about is that one of the things we talked about in the previous show is don't look like a bitch in front of your home crowd. And these teams out on home court <laughs> have looked like some bitches. The away teams uh, have been you know, kind of taking care of business and not, you know, not just covering the line, but winning the games outright. So. I've been kind of surprised by that. Um, I think you and I are on the same you know, thing here where we basically collectively root against the Lakers. Uh, so watching the Lakers fall at some point will be a lot of um, joy in my heart. But uh, kind of ready for the real playoffs to start. Get through these um, play-in games of teams that probably should have never been there in the first place. But a loss, you know, the NBA, money. They got people watching, people going to games, buying concessions and parking and whatever. I'm sure the owners aren't complaining. Next thing you know, in a couple of years, every team will make the playoffs and we'll be talking about, you know, Detroit and <laughs> whoever else sucks. Houston. Goddamn. Goddamn.
1: Anyway, we do have two games on the board tonight and we'll start off with the first one. Chicago at Miami. Of course, Bulls came from 19 points down to beat Toronto in their last game out. That was a hell of a fucking win. We know who the MVP of that series, uh, that game was, right, Panther?
2: DeRozan's daughter, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we wonder if she's traveling down to Miami with uh, DeRozan. Miami, minus five and a half at home. It seems like every single line in these plans has been five and a half. Other than that, Lakers. Uh, the Lakers was eight. Trust me. We know. That fucking killed our parlay because we had the minus eight. They won by six. But other than that, all these lines have been the home team minus five and a half. And once again, you got Miami minus five and a half. Panther, which side are you on in this one?
2: uh i'm on the younger side more athletic side um and the sleeper side i think the bulls have more upside we talked about miami at home and how good they are at home but it really just hasn't been the case this year jimmy butler's age has really shown uh and i think a healthy chicago minus lonzo ball who hasn't played in two years i don't even know why we even say his name um i think the bulls All season have been the better team. They just don't show up. Like sometimes they absolutely don't show up. And I was kind of pissed when they were playing Toronto. I was like, really? You guys are going to get ran out of the building like this? And then, holy shit, they come back and win the game. I don't think they can afford to do that against a very defensive team like Miami. But plus five and a half, I think this is a much closer game. So give me the Bulls with those points.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna jump on the Bulls with you in this one. I'm gonna take the five and a half. I think a money line wouldn't be a terrible play here. You know Miami's great at home. Well, they weren't great at home in their last game. Atlanta came in and fucking playoff Trey bounced them to this fucking game. And I think the Chicago Bulls, man, that's a dangerous eighth seed. If I'm Milwaukee, I'm um, I'm I'm not feeling great about having to play Chicago as the eighth seed right now. This is a team that under performed this year. This team should have been a top five team in the East at least. Mm-hmm. Now they're playing for their lives. I think they get it done today, but I'm gonna take the points with you. So yeah, $10 bet on Chicago. Next one up, uh you know, I I, I mentioned here before I think I told you I got to see Shea Gilge's Alexander play. Uh when, when I went to Salt Lake City, I got to see him play against uh, the Jazz. This kid is fucking amazing. He didn't have to do it all in the last game. He was great. But Giddy stepped up. Dort stepped up. This team is a young, dangerous team. And by the way, I don't know if you've looked in their fucking uh, their, their vault. They've got a shit ton of draft picks. <laughs> so remember remember uh when they had you know durant and westbrook and harden and you're like man this team's future is bright i think their future is fucking really bright right now but their future could be today if they can go into minnesota and knock out the t wolves t wolves at home minus five
2: and a half panther you jumping okc again you taking those points uh absolutely i mean you ever think of the clippers kind of sit there scratching their head like what did we get for sga Don't remember. Paul George, yeah. Might have lost that one. But yeah, Oklahoma City's won three in a row uh, against decent competition. But problem the the question mark i think is just their road record they're 16 and 25 on the road minnesota's 22 and 19 at home minnesota's gonna be pissed they had the lakers and they lost that game they absolutely had la the lakers did not win that game minnesota lost it and so now you got to wonder how fragile their their mental state is coming into this game uh, at home the Rudy Gobert situation, I, I'm i reading that all is forgiven. He may play tonight. I don't know. But, um, man, with, with Giddy and Shea, I love this guard combination. And, you know, I always talk about Memphis and their youth and their guard play. Oklahoma City's going to be right there with those draft picks that you mentioned. This is a team that we want to watch moving forward going into the future and what they do with those draft picks. But, again, even if they were to lose this game – I still feel like five and a half is too many. Give me those points. Give me the Thunder. I'm on it with you.
1: Well, no, I'm 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 not on the Thunder. I'm actually on the other side here. I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm going to take Minnesota. I think Minnesota showed a lot against that Lakers team. They ran out of gas. That team was incredibly fucking hot in the first half. I I have a lot of question marks about this Minnesota Timberwolves team, mostly from a personnel standpoint. As in, what the fuck? Did, wh- what were they thinking? The Rudy Garbert thing has been a fucking disaster. And then you trade D'Angelo Russell? Well, I Come on. Really, th- this team needs a guy like Russell. They do not need a guy like Gobert. I think Gobert out of the lineup probably makes him a little bit more dangerous, especially offensively. We saw that against the Lakers. Now, down the stretch, that's the fu- funny funny thing, is in the first half when, when Minnesota went up fucking huge in the second half, they goddamn would have loved to have Rudy Gobert to slow down Anthony Davis in the second half. Uh, not going to, not going to him tonight. I think he's injured now. I think he's got a back issue. I don't know. Throwing, throwing that weak ass fucking punch probably threw out his goddamn back. I like Minnesota here. So yeah, $10 bet on the T wolves. So, uh, we got agreement on the bulls though. We got agreement on the bulls. Maybe that's a, a potential parlay pick. Nothing in hockey today. There's two games in hockey. You betting hockey at all? Not, you're you're off. <laughs> you're off until the playoffs. Okay.
2: I I haven't lost a hockey game all week. I'm loving it. We're off till the playoffs.
1: All right, I've actually done quite well betting hockey this week, but I, I don't like anything. Which brings us to baseball. You've got seven, count them, seven fucking Major League Baseball picks. So, Panther, where are we starting off at?
2: Admittedly, some of these are going to be flyers, but uh, I like value when I can find it. Let's start with the Arizona Diamondbacks. One of the Miami Marlins, when I went on vacation, I was starting to question my Marlins, or excuse me, my Diamondbacks' preseason love affair, but they have kind of started to prove me right. They took it to the Dodgers. They took two out of three against the Brewers. Now they're going to hit the road, take on the Fish. Um, You know, as we've talked about, Miami's 41 runs start the season. 41 runs in 13 games. The Diamondbacks have put up 20 more than that. But think about this. There's a 20-run differential between the D-backs and the Marlins. And yet, the Marlins have hit four more home runs. Marlins got to get some people on base, man. Now, they have won three out of their last four. We talk about their pitching, elite pitching. They probably have the advantage with Trevor Rogers on the mound. You would think, oh, well, what are you thinking? An 0 2, six point ERA? Well, the counterpart's Madison Bumgarner. Now, not that Madison Bumgarner, the more recent three year Madison Bumgarner. Uh, But still. I think the D- D-backs offense and what I think is a pitching 50-50 toss-up, I think the D-backs offense will be the difference. I'm getting a big fat plus line, about 135. Maybe you can get me a little bit more. Uh, so give me the D-backs for a little bit of a flyer on the road for 10 bucks. I tell you,
1: I'm kicking myself for not betting this one because I, 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 I totally agree. I think the Diamondbacks uh, plus the 135. You know, I, why I didn't bet it before is I had a plus 122. So it is getting better for you, which, I mean, you can say Vegas – disagrees but that's fine i I think it's a fucking bad disagreement the diamondbacks plus 135 is a hell of a fucking value play this miami marlins team i man they are arguably one of the worst offensive teams i've ever seen and that's saying something considering last year they were probably the worst offensive team i've ever seen uh, okay sorry the oakland a's are the worst offensive team i've ever fucking put my eyes on but this miami marlins team is pretty fucking atrocious too yeah tons of moral support arizona plus 135 i love it What else you got?
2: Uh, Nice transition, Max. We're going to talk about who might be the worst offensive team. That is the Detroit Tigers. They're at home taking on the San Francisco Giants. They're 0-3 at home. They've managed a grand total of 36 runs in their 12 games, still in single digits on their home runs. Now, they did manage to sneak off a win against Toronto yesterday, but Thursday travel day's... Uh, I don't know if you can attest, but I didn't do very well yesterday. We're going against a Giants team with Sean Manea on the bump. Uh, he's, he's had some pretty decent success in his career. Going against Joey Wentz, who has not, sporting a 10.29 ERA and only his seven innings pitched. Detroit's bad. Uh, Javi Baez got benched yesterday, sending a message to the team that anybody can get benched. I, I can't even find anything to like about the Detroit, Detroit team. I think them, Oakland... And uh, somebody's you know, maybe Washington. I think if you fade these teams the entire season, you're going to make some money. I'm going to try and make some money here. Give me the 49ers for 10 bucks.
1: Yeah, tons of moral support in this one, too. Uh, best line I can get you is minus 143, which I think is a fucking take it. Take it if you can get it. If you got Bet Rivers, take it right now because I'll tell you, the books. Are changing fast. Caesars is at minus one fifty-five. Points bets already at minus one sixty in this one. So if you like fucking value, minus one forty-three is a goddamn gift at this point in time. It's going to get worse. Moral point lean on San Francisco.
2: What's Let's next? Let's go to the East Coast. Talk about those Bronx Bombers taking on the Minnesota Twins. Minnesota, come out to the woodshed beat him like Adrian Peterson's kid last night, uh, 11 to two. I think it was something like nine to nothing in the second inning. It was, it was bad, but today, first
1: inning, first inning, first it, was, inning. It, was, it was, it was fucking terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Just, that was a DJ parlay pick people, by the way.
2: Thanks bombers. Uh, you know, they're going to, the Yankees are going to answer with uh, Nestor Cortez, one of their young up and coming pitchers, 2-0, 2.61 ERA. He hasn't given up any home runs in his first couple games pitch. Going against one of my favorite guys, Tyler Male, came over from the Reds last year. Uh, I think the Yankees do have a slight pitching advantage here, but at minus 195, I can't get there. Maybe the Yankees win, probably do win, but the Twins are five and two on the road. They got to be feeling really good about what they did yesterday. And at plus one sixty-two, way too much value on these Twinkies. Give me a shot, uh, a little flyer bet on Minnesota for ten bucks.
1: Gonna lean the Yankees in this one. Got out of my comfort zone with the minus 180, 190 or something like that. Yeah, Caesar's got it at minus one ninety five. So it's it's getting way too fucking chalky. I, I listen. I don't hate it. I just I I just think that the Yankees bounce back today after being fucking humiliated. They're gonna be at home. I think their offense comes alive. I like this Twins team. I you know I picked the Twins to to win the Central. I didn't hate them coming into this year, and they've been pretty good. But they they showed up yesterday. I think the Yankees bounce back today. I'm gonna lean New York.
2: All right, next game up. You talked about them. We talked about them in the, the early part of the show. The Tampa Bay Rays going across the border, take on the Toronto Blue Jays. I know we both like Toronto a lot this year, but, man, Tampa Bay has got everybody's attention. Today is the day they go for the Major League Baseball record, starting a season 14-0. and This is only their fourth game on the road, but it hasn't mattered team is clicking on both sides. They're hitting. I mean, listen to these numbers. 101 runs. You start, These other bad teams, you hear me in the high 30s, low 40s. 101 runs. 32 home runs. Toronto can crush the ball. And Tampa Bay has twice as many home runs as Toronto. At minus 130 with Rasmussen on the mound, how do you ignore this? I, I Tampa Bay... Whether they win or lose, I don't know. But this is a complete value play. Give me the raise, minus 130.
1: Yeah, this is dropping down to minus 135 in some books. So it is getting worse. However, I can get you a magical minus 125 at Bet Rivers. So I'm going to save you a couple of dollars here by, you know, shopping around some sports books for you. And I'm going to give you tons of moral support as well. I I like Tampa Bay. I think you know this is going to be their first real challenge of the season. Hopefully they can step up and keep this thing going because, yeah, I I fucking love this team. So, yeah, moral support, lean on the Rays. All
2: right, well, I think this next game, maybe there's a chance that you're on it. Um, You think they're the best team in baseball, and that's the Atlanta Braves going against the Kansas City Royals. (sighs) This Royals team, I I just don't like them. They don't pitch very well. Their hitting is... Bipolar sometimes they can put up 10 runs like they did two days ago against the Rangers, but most of the time it's one or two runs and a pitching park that they are at home. They're one and six at home. The Braves are five and one on the road. I don't think the pitching matchup matters here because Charlie Morton really is not one of the Braves' better pitchers. Brady Singer, I think, maybe is part of the up and coming Kansas City Royal ro- rotation. But I think this is kind of a toss-up. So if you ignore the pitchers, now you're looking at the hitting. The hitting clearly is on the Atlanta side. At minus 140, I'm finding tons of value on the Braves. So let's put 10 bucks on Atlanta.
1: Get to minus 132, which I don't know if you're going to feel great about. Uh, I, I, man, something spooked me off on this one. The tons of money coming in on the Royals here. And and that line is starting to get uh, worse for them, so a uh, little freaked out there. But I'm gonna I'm gonna lean Atlanta with you. I do think Atlanta is definitely the better team. In fact, the best team. So, uh, sorry Tampa Bay. Maybe, maybe <laughs> Tampa Bay will be the fucking best team soon. But yeah, I, I like this Atlanta team. I think they should go on the road and, and and win. But maybe this is the game. Maybe this is the game that the Royals steal, and then you can just fucking bet the Braves the rest of the weekend. So I'll go. lean Atlanta with you.
2: Martingale, that thing. Yeah. All right, uh, next game up, the Pittsburgh Pirates, the eight and five. Pittsburgh Pirates. We all saw that coming. All right,
1: best team in baseball, right there. Yeah. There
2: we go. <laughs> Going against the five and eight St. Louis Cardinals that are two and five at home. They're gonna throw Jake Woodford, who's gotten off to a pretty shaky start. Uh, Johan Oviato for Pittsburgh, going to take the mound, another one of those young pitchers that will probably eventually become a, whatever, a Yankee, an Angel, somebody else not in Pittsburgh because that's how the Pirates operate. But, man, how do you, like, not like this Pirates team? Now, they did take one on the chin, losing their future all-star O'Neal Crew shortstop. The kid's an absolute stud. I don't know if you've watched him play. Uh, But Pittsburgh is, listen to this, they have more home runs than St. Louis, albeit by one. They've equal to the task in run. St. Louis has a better um, batting average. ERAs are kind of comparable. So Pittsburgh, I don't know if you want to say, is equal to the task of St. Louis. That's maybe not a good thing, because St. Louis has not played very well coming out of the gates. And at minus 170, the way the Cardinals are playing, I think that is way, way too chalky. I'm going to take a little bit of a flyer bet on these kind of streaky but hot Pirates plus 143 10 bucks on the yellow and black attack.
1: Love it. Absolutely love it. I'm not going to bet it, but I love it. <laughs> I'm going to lean Pittsburgh with you. I totally agree that right now as it stands, St. Louis is minus 170, 175 against no one. Until until so they can fucking step up and and start showing the team that I think that they truly are. On the flip side, Pittsburgh, I don't think is a very good team. They're playing above their heads, but they're winning. So you, uh, listen, it's the fucking Taylor Hanicky of fucking Major League Baseball right here. So, yeah, I'll, I'll lean Pittsburgh with you.
2: All right, last game up. You bet two. I'm trying to find. I bet seven. I'm trying to find which games you bet. Maybe this, is, <laughs> maybe this is the one. We're going to rip the Band-Aid off and talk about those Metropolitans. Going against what we perceive to be as the worst team in baseball. Listen, run scored. Oakland 51. The Mets 51. Home runs, Oakland thirteen. The Mets twelve. <laughs> uh, ERA. Here's where here's where Oakland's got a problem. Seven point six five. Their pitching has been horrible. And when you consider that Oakland has putting up, sh- let me do the math here. 15, 19 runs in their last three games, and only won one of those. There it. it it, oh, actually, shit, it was worse than that. 25 runs, 23 runs, something like that. They've put up a shit ton of runs their last three games and only won one of those. Their pitching has been anemic. They're 2-4 and four at home, going against a Mets team that's not great offensively. I think we're still waiting for them to find their groove. But this Kodai Singa that they're putting on the mound looks like another one of those Japanese real deals. I think he shuts down this athletics offense. To get any value, i got to run line it. Gets me down to about minus 114 on FanDuel. Uh, but I'm going to take your Mets, Max, on a run line for 10 bucks.
1: So fucking funny. I wrote it down. Yeah, you know, I track your picks. I wrote it down. Was, be, as you we were talking, I was like, Mets minus 1.5. I get to minus 121 on the run line. I knew that's exactly where you were going with it. I, I'm not on this one either, but I'm going to lean the Mets with you. I do think the Mets should win this one. Even at the minus 210, I almost have the implied probability for them to do it. I bet the Mets the other day. First bet I bet on the Mets in two years. I hit that one. And that was part of our parlay win, funny enough. Yeah, so uh, I I like the New York Mets here as well, but only in a lean. So you've bet seven and covered none of mine.
2: What the hell are you betting on?
1: Shit games. Let's go to shit game number one. Let's look at the Philadelphia Phillies, the the World Series representatives of the uh, the, the NL last year, uh, going against the Cincinnati Reds, and I'm finding tons of fucking value betting the Cincinnati Reds at home with that plus line. So, yeah. Philadelphia got to get their shit together. Until they do, they ain't minus one fifty against anyone, even the Reds. Betting ten dollars on Cincinnati.
2: (sighs) I kind of have to agree. I I, the Phillies are my representative this year. I really like the Phillies, but man, they've been bitten by the injury bug. They're terrible on the road, one and six on the road. And the Cincinnati Reds team, maybe not as bad as we thought they were going to be. They are four and two at home. Connor Overton is part of that. Um, you know, young up and coming rotation for them. He's gotten out of the gate pretty slow, but you can get to these Phillies batters. They are strikeout machines. I agree with you. Minus 150 on the Phillies is way too many. I just wasn't getting enough on the Reds to jump on them. So I will give you moral support on those Cincinnati Reds.
1: All right, last one up for me. I'm going to take a little bit of a flyer and I don't have the fucking plus line anymore. So maybe Vegas agrees the Baltimore Orioles heading to Chicago. I think Chicago is a beatable team at this point in time. And I don't know what quite to think of the Orioles. I think they're a good enough team. They showed a lot of promise last year. It's been up and down so far to start this season. But I think the Orioles go on the road and steal the fucking uh, opener from the, the White Sox in this one. So yeah, $10 bet on Baltimore.
2: Yeah, I think this has a lot to do with the, the, the pitching. I don't know that much about Tyler Wells. You, you see the 0-1, whatever, but a 0.55 whip? Um, that's pretty remarkable. He doesn't issue any walks. He's given up two home runs in his 11 inning pitch. So maybe he needs to uh, dance around that strike zone because we know the umpires have these, you know, overinflated strike zones, maybe throw a few balls once in a while. But Clevenger, on the other hand, has walked five batters in his 10 innings, but hasn't given up any long ball. So I think maybe he's getting some of those calls around the plate. This is a toss-up. I don't really like either one of the pitchers. I think offensively, they probably are pretty even. Um, So with no actual significant plus line, I mean, I'm seeing minus 115 Baltimore, minus 105 Chicago. It's a a coin flip game. I wasn't on it. I'll lean Chicago just because they're at home. Kind of funny because I took seven away teams. Uh, I'll lean Chicago, but I'm not on this game.
1: All right, well that's it. Uh, Let's put together this parlay. Long episode, but it's fine because you've been gone all week, and I've been fucking. I've been keeping it under like fifteen minutes. yesterday was like a nine-minute show, so balances out. It's fine that we went a little long today. Seven fucking, nine fucking baseball games to talk about. It's it's gonna happen from time to time. Uh, Listen, we agreed on the bulls, right? That's gonna be number one in the parlay, right? Write that
2: down. Bulls plus the points. Okay.
1: Bulls plus five and a half. What what's your pick? Which which one do you like for the parlay?
2: You know what? I, you didn't jump on it. Thank, I think maybe thank you, but uh, give me the San Francisco <laughs> Giants minus the one forty-five. All
1: right, and I'm going to throw in the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, give give us some little plus line value in there, so that'll be your DJN parlay for today, uh, Panther. It's it's been a while I've, I before you know since I've had to say this, but take us home.
2: Hey, I, listen, it's good to be back. I did enjoy my vacation, but I love what Max and I are doing. We're having a lot of fun doing this show. Thank you guys for joining us. If you want to shoot the shit with us, we're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. But, you know, mostly this is the place right here in the Discord. It's free. Right? So there's no $25 or anything like that. Just come in here, shoot the shit with us. Call us out by name. We'll holler right back. Most importantly, let us know what you did yesterday, what you're doing today. Uh, We'll see you on Monday. But when it's all said and done, kids, it's all make some money, fools.
1: This show is sports entertainment. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only. And any reliance on the information provided in this podcast is done at your own risk. This podcast should not be considered professional advice. In short, don't be stupid. Gamble responsibly, we will not be held responsible. Peace.